0: This, Ong Namo Dev Namo, you know what, I'll put it like this and then that way we'll really be in business. Okay, let's see who shows up and I gotta go turn this mantra off over here. All right. Om oh, namo Dave namo. I'm very excited for Q&A today. And like even though slack was broken and everything, I managed to make it here with everything that I need. And it's the premiere of our new vlog right after this at noon. And it's so good. I love, I'm like really starting to love vlogging as a medium and, and it gets easier and easier every time. Um, I'm going to eat half of a gummy. It's oh, 50 milligrams of THC, 50% of that, and I'll be ready, ready, ready for that premiere after this. So if you've never watched a YouTube premiere before, it's fun. I'm gonna throw this up on the altar so that my kid doesn't find it. It's basically like movie night on the Bruja Report, but this one's hosted on YouTube and it's really fun. So I'm just gonna say, A quick prayer in this vlog, I talk about how there is just like no time for me to prepare anymore. Like I can't already with Q and A, I never read the questions in advance. They're all on this Slack thread. Before that, it used to be a 24 hour Q and A thing. because I don't like to have any kind of prepared answer for it. This is all channeled. And it also makes my work not work. If I remember that it's not me that speaks here. It's the spirit of my father which speaketh in me. That's for the Bible lovers and out there. Um, then there's really no preparation I can do. I just have to show up, bow down, and ask the message to come through. So. Ong Guru Gurudev Namo. Please let me speak this message clearly. And, uh, and I really, really, really hope that you guys all watch the premiere of the vlog after that. It's gonna be so fun. You can just go to my YouTube channel and you'll see it. Um, so one of the, que- the first question that we're gonna answer here is actually one that I've been getting all through the week and that's what happened at Rama Fest. Um, you guys see me take a long break from Instagram and then come back and be promoting Rama Fest. Like I'm presenting at Rama Fest and then I started getting emails from you guys that went and they were like, I never saw you. So I got, it was probably like a couple days before Thanksgiving, I got an email from someone at Rama TV that was like, hey, we want you to, we want to include you in RamaFest. So the first thing I did is go and look up RamaFest, and I couldn't really find any information about it, but I was like, whatever, that sounds cool, let me do it. And their deadline, they were like, there's a couple days before Thanksgiving, and they were like, you need to have a 40 minute video and a camera test and approval on the pitch And all of that you have to have to us by December 1st. So I'm like 38 weeks pregnant at this point. It's also Thanksgiving. And the deadlines I had for December 1st was my book was being released on December 1st. Um, a month long of automation was beginning on December 1st and I had to have all of this stuff into Rama by December 1st and it was subject to their approval too. So it was like, Oh my God, it was asked my assistant. It was like very close to being the straw that broke the camel's back for us. Um, luckily I was like, you know, so I was talking back and forth with this guy trying to get approval. They were taking a really long time to get back to me one of the things where they were like, you have to do, I signed like five waivers and they were like, um, you have to do all this promotion on social media. And I was like, you know, I was, I was off of Instagram, but I'll, I'll when they say promote on social media, they usually mean wherever you have the most followers. So for me, that's Instagram. So I was like, fine. Okay, I'll do it. Um, Luckily, I got a small extension from them. They changed it. They were like, okay, 15 minute video, but you can have it in um, by the seventh. And I was like, okay, cool. I think I can do that. So I shot the video seriously two days postpartum. Like this fucking deadline almost killed me. Sent it in and I never heard anything back. And I just assumed that they were going to, because she was, I had, Pitched something to them. They originally said not the 40-minute video, but how about the 15-minute one? I said cool. How about this? They said that sounds good. So I just assumed it was going to be included. But the reason I didn't go to Ramafest is because there's like nothing online that says like what the fuck it is. I was like, is this going to just be like watching Kundalini YouTube for four days straight? Like I don't want to watch my computer for four days straight. I just don't. And so we all ended up watching movies and stuff instead. Um, and I guess they didn't use my piece, but they never told me about it, but man, I wish they would have done, like, I wish they would have told me before I was like killing myself promoting Ramafest on Instagram. I didn't want to be there. I had taken a break from, so I should have just told them no from the beginning, but I felt like they should have told me if they weren't gonna include me before I did all that promotion because that's me that looks stupid. I'm like, I'm presenting at Ramafest and then you show up and they're like not there. You know, if I gave you my word that I was gonna be there, I would like to know if I wasn't gonna be there. So I didn't know either and I'm really sorry to the people that went expecting to see me. The good news is is that it was a pre-recorded segment and I still have that video and I'm definitely gonna share it with you guys because the reason I think they probably didn't do it, and this is all assumptions, because I reached out to them and I was like, hey, like people are asking me where I'm, I am in the programming and, uh, and they just never responded to me. Um, but you know, I speak 100% truth everywhere I go. And the 100% truth is that I haven't done Kundalini, I haven't done a whole Kundalini class since like, pff, I don't know, 2017, because Kundalini isn't my lineage. And understanding lineages is so important. So I teach something called the fourth way. And there's the way, the the three ways that precede the fourth way. Is there's the way of the fakir, the way of the monk. The way of the yogi and then there's the fourth way which is also known as the way of the sly one so the way of the fakir is like we don't have very many fakirs in the west but a fakir is somebody who sacrifices their body in order to achieve enlightenment so basically they'll like hold their arm up over their head for many years or sleep on a bed of nails or whatever and by transcending the body by just like you know their arm withers up and dies but they're able to achieve enlightenment through the sacrifice of the body The way of the monk is to completely sacrifice your emotions and desires. So you're like, I will not have sex. I will not have hair. I will not have outfits. I will just do the same thing every day. I'll completely give up all of my desires and my emotions and my sexual urges and all of that stuff. And through this sacrifice, I'm able to reach God. Then there's the way of the monk. I'm sorry, the way of the yogi. And the yogi is like the smartest one. And that's the kundalini path. The way of the yogi is to sacrifice that they're like the mind get rid of your thoughts get rid of your thoughts become empty etc etc you can control things you can design things how you want it and ultimately you sacrifice the mind you learn to be like oh these thoughts are good and these thoughts are not good um and the mind is really the the mind is always going to make pros and cons lists like that and So ideally we would want to use, like, we don't want to sacrifice the body, the emotions, or the mind because all of them are so useful and all of them are given to us by God. The thing is, is that usually they are doing the wrong work. You have the gardener doing the work of the cook, the cook doing the work of the plumber, and everything is a big fat mess. So the fourth way, if you're a fourth way student, like, nothing else is going to work for you. So look, like, I don't have any hostility against, like I didn't stop doing kundalini yoga because I think it's bad. The thing is, is like when you've studied, when you find your lineage, you're so happy. Like to finally, and I know that you guys, a lot of you guys have had this experience when you came to your lineage. If you read um, a, a book like Autobiography of a Yogi, where he talks about, where Paramahansa Yogananda talks about meeting his guru and just like crying tears of joy, because finally there's some that's like, yes, I have what you're looking for. And like the meaning of your life is revealed to you and you know that for the rest of your life you could study and you would never even come close to understanding the greatness that is God. And for so many people I know, like Kundalini is their lineage. I'm like, who fucking gives it? A... Everyone's googled their guru, you know like and all gurus have some shit. Ram Dass was saying, you need to take, and they also talk about this in the fourth way, you're meant to steal from teachers. And this is an aspect of being a sly one. You have to steal. Yes, all teachers are human, you know? Like, if you see a teacher and you see God in them, then anytime they behave like a human, you're going to be super let down. But the thing is, it's like, they never ask you to see them as God. A lot of people get, when they get into relationships with their gurus as well, they don't understand that like, yes, you will get attached to your guru because you're actually just not as evolved as they are. And they will not get attached to you the same way that you're attached to them. So it's never gonna be a fair relationship because like when you, you know, you'll go through all of these feelings around them that you're not even on their radar in that way. So a lot of people get hurt when they date gurus as well. A lot of people get their feelings really hurt because they were so attached to somebody who's not capable of attaching to somebody like that. And all gurus have done fucked up stuff, you know, some have, got, have documentaries coming out about them, you know, that's, and it's really hard to see that because somebody could make a documentary about me, you know? Like my biggest fear is somebody saying like, oh yeah, start a cult, so now I have to like release all my fear about that because I know people are gonna say that about me. You know, I grew up in a cult. I got so hurt as a result of some of the choices that my parents made. So many people I know that grew up in this cult killed themselves. And, you know, my biggest fear is starting a cult. But if I'm afraid of it, like, you know, it'll have power over me. So I need to become not afraid of it. But man, I see fucking kundalini people getting so much shit. These kundalini teachers get so much shit. Like, who get, if it's not your lineage, move on. Who gives a shit if other people are practicing kundalini yoga? Like, yeah, I can't do Sobhag Kriya anymore because I speak to God directly because I work really hard at the fourth way. So when I'm in Sobhag Pia going, God, 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 I just hear God going, yes, 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 yes. And it's like, we, we don't have that kind of relationship anymore. When I realize that I don't have to work hard to get God to like me, I stopped doing kundalini yoga. I didn't need it anymore because I didn't need it. Before, I I used to think that I had to do kriyas to get a nine-foot aura to get God to like me in this way. And now that I know that me, for my lineage, I don't have to do that. Like, why the fuck would I? The thing is, is like I submitted this video to Rama, but this has been my truth for so long. And so, at first, when they invited me, I was like, okay, I'll do something totally kundalini. And they said, well, give us something that we wouldn't get in a kundalini class. But the truth is, is like, I can't do kundalini yoga anymore because I know that I don't have to work hard for God to like me. And that's an aspect of my lineage. But I have so many friends in the Kundalini community. I listen to Kundalini mantras all day long. I've got so much. That was like such a stepping stone for me. And still to this day, like if I ever, if I don't know what to do, if I've got nothing else to do, I'll do Kundalini yoga because it opens up the creative floodgates. But for the people I know that Kundalini works for, like it really, really, really works for them. So, you know, at some point, my work might stop working for you. At some point, unless like I'm the teacher. Or I've introduced you to a lineage where you're like, oh my God, this is this feels like home for me. This feels like joy. This feels erotic for me. It, it, like your spiritual relationship shouldn't feel like like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, re, an intimate relationship. So intimacy versus eroticism, which is something that we talk about a lot on Bruja Report. But intimacy is like I've read the same book ten times over and over. I love this part. I know it front to back. I could recite it to you. In a re, in a, a sexual relationship, would be like, oh, I know my husband inside and out we all we all have the same sex but i love it it's like classic etc and then eroticism and in spirituality that intimacy would be like yeah i just read a course in miracles over and over again i do sotra for 8 years and i know you know but I've kind of figured out, I know it. It's predictable and I feel safe and I feel accomplished because yes, like it's such a, I'm so proud that I've spent 10 years with this book or this person or this Kriya, um, but you know it. That book, you've read it a hundred times. Yeah, but I love it, Jack and the Beanstalk. But when the beast shows her his library and her jaw's is just, oh, and she goes, this is more books than I could ever hope to read in my life. That's eroticism eroticism isn't about sex eroticism is about desire eroticism is about the tease eroticism is about not feeling like you've already had the sex or the epiphanies or the results that you're gonna see in this life it's like no matter like I feel that way about the fourth way there's my psychological commentaries volume two I am Maybe may be 13 pages into volume two of this six volume series and I can't tell you how much it excites me to see so many books on this that I haven't read. And every page of every book containing so many secrets, so many codes, and I'm not into it at all. I've hardly made a dent in it at all. There's so much further to go. Like, it's not, it's not about having the sex. It's about there's so much, there's, oh, there's so long to go until I can get to the sex. I can't stop. I'll never have enough, I'll, like, I'll never be satisfied sexually in a way. There's so much further to go. There's so much more to know. And that hunger, that's, that's what you that's what you have inside of you already and it'll hopefully be satiated. It will be satiated when you find your lineage and hopefully you'll have found it already. But that's the four paths to enlightenment and everybody is born on a different path. And that's their way of reaching enlightenment. I'm not saying that the fourth way is better. It's different you know, a monk is not better than a yogi. A fakir is not better than both of them. A fourth way student is not better than all of them. But like, as a whole, we really need to start being a lot more lit. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter. Like my brother told me, my brother, man, he worked so hard making a documentary about our family, about the children of God, to just try and force our parents to see like, you fucked up like this really hurt people and he struggled with guilt and still does about making this documentary because he made it from like an angry resentful place and I remember he told me he said the only thing worse than shoving your religion down somebody's throat is taking somebody else's religion away from them because he did force my parents to see that they had fucked up and, and my parents have not been able to unsee that since then and the guilt and the sadness that they carry tan profundo, like it's you, It's worse than shoving your religion down someone's throat. So trying to be the wake-up call, oh, you know, Yogi Bhajan had art scams, yeah, you know. Sadhguru might have killed his wife. Osho was addicted to like Percocets and nitrous oxide until he fucking died. You know, like everyone has done, everyone's a human, you know, we're all human. And if you saw God and the guru and not the human and the guru, like that's on you, hun. And being mad at the person that poured the Kool-Aid won't change the fact that you drank it. If you're butthurt about Kundalini, if you're butthurt about a coach that like did you dirty in the past, you've got to let it go. Like you're so, and you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Steal, take everything that you learned from them. Take everything that you learned from them and, and leave everything that you didn't. And if you do it like that, there's no hostility. There's no resentment. Like, yeah, I wish that Rama would have told me if they weren't going to be including me in the festival because that's how I do business. But they never agreed to be that for me. They never agreed. Now, I might not want to do business with them again because, oh my God, that fucking... You Kundalini deadlines, man. You guys work so fucking hard. (laughs) You guys work so hard. But, like, what kind of deadline am I expecting from, from... I know that Kundalini people work hard, you know? And so even if you feel like you have a lot of opportunity to be resentful or you, know, you feel like you were done dirty by someone spiritual, like nobody ever signed any agreement with you to be a certain way. And, uh, and I just think that we should all live and let live a little bit more when it comes to people's spiritual pa- practices because we're all in different lineages. And this is also like, not everybody is supposed to wake up. Not everybody is supposed to wake up. So this idea that like you need to be a truth teller waking up the sheep, like how do you know that they incarnated to be woken up? You know, we need players on all of the teams to make this whole symphony work. So like how are you so sure that they were meant to wake up and that you were supposed to wake them up? And the fourth way, it talks about like this idea we have that if the world was just a little bit more filled with people like us, it would be a better place. If you met yourself, you would hate yourself. The people that you have the hardest time with, you assume you have a hard time with them because they're so different than you. They're probably exactly the same as you and you just can't handle that. Like yeah, most, uh, most men wanna marry their mothers and most women wanna marry their fathers. So if you have a difficult relationship with your mother-in-law, she's reflecting you. Like my mother-in-law is never wrong. She's stubborn, she's dominant, and she's absolutely never wrong. You cannot and you cannot get her to see another side if she's convinced that she's right. And that's me to a T, you know? Um, but everyone's on, everyone's on different paths. And, but what I will say is this, my very first teacher, he said that morals are mandatory and honor is voluntary. And it's stuck with me since then because like you can morally, morally is technically. Everyone has morals. They're mandatory. You have to fucking wear clothes outside or, you know, you'll you'll get a fine for being naked in the streets. Like you don't get any fucking brownie points for having morals because everyone's got fucking morals. They're mandatory. You have to have them. Um, But honor is voluntary. And so yes, technically Rama didn't have to tell me anything, but Honor-wise, like everybody in my fucking world, we're on the honor system. I would never fucking treat somebody else like that, but I get it. Um, But I fuck with people that have honor a little bit more. So, you know, maybe it won't. My mom was like, oh my God, well, maybe you can just ask them if you can do it next year. And I was like, mom, I really wish that you would give me advice that's like respect yourself, hold your ground. She's like, oh, if you felt totally fucking shat on this year, well, maybe you can just beg them to let you back next year. I was like, no, I'm never gonna do, I'm never gonna work with them again. Unless it's really fun. Unless Guru Jagat comes on my podcast to talk about it naughty things. All right, so December 9th, 2020, Jen asked the question, I know we just had Q&A, but I'm not sure where to put this. I'm wondering the easiest and cheapest way to host a course I've created as part of an offer I'm putting together for my first official launch. It's on YouTube, unlisted, and there are 18 videos. I'm not a tech-savvy human and also limited by funds as a single mom working in the fitness and service industries, and these barriers have been my go-to excuses for not launching already. Help, please. Jen, I got you. And sorry to get back to you so late. I don't read these questions until Q&A. Um, But I see that Kim got back to you 26 days ago, and Kim is very, very smart. So I'm sure she gave you a great answer. But I'll just tell you the first video, how I got my first workshops to my first people um, I created an invisible page on my website and included, and it was password protected. So at first, everybody had the same password. Like if you wanted to access Bruja archives, like everyone had the same password. Um, And then when it was for like the 222 at that time workshops, like Breaking Broke, um, they're 333 now, uh, you would, I would have to admit members manually. And that was just like the, the limitation. I was using Weebly at, at the time and, and now I use Squarespace. Um, so at first it was a private page that you could only get to if you were a member. I had to admit you manually. And when you got to that private page, there was a bunch of unlisted YouTube videos on it. Now the way that people get my content as I go through, and I, I did that for years. And it was a free option, or within the the price of my website. Um, now, much further down the road, it did, it was an investment, but I pay about seventy dollars a month to use a platform called Podia, and this is also interconnected with Mailchimp, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I definitely recommend, you know. If whatever you have, see how much you can do with it. Like if right now you only have YouTube and a newsletter list, like how much can you do with an automated newsletter and unlisted YouTube videos? An example of this would be MailChimp automation is pretty easy to use and it integrates with Shopify as well. Um, So you could have a situation where every time somebody buys your workshop, that they get automatically sent an email, which contains the link to get their workshop. Um, What you want to do with passive income is try and get it as passive as possible, as fast as possible, as cheaply as possible. So for me, like the biggest hitch keeping something from being passive was the fact that I had to manually add each and every member now you know it was always a good you know it was always a good time i'd be like great um but once i started getting a lot of new members it became really important to me that my customers experienced getting their product right away as that's how i like to receive things if possible is right away i don't want to put 200 into the internet not hear anything and then get access to a workshop like you know two days later i wanted people to see that receipt right away see and in their dashboard right away. So I use something called Podia right now, which was very glitchy in the beginning but is getting a lot better now and I chose that one specifically for its affiliate program, um, which is very easy to use when it's working correctly. So I, you know, but we're talking about a huge difference in, uh, in finances. So do it free or cheap while you have it. That lasted me. I was doing my own website, doing all my own everything. I didn't hire, hire an assistant late when you actually need one. Oh, hi, little baby. Um, baby's just going like this right now. (laughs) Poor sweetie. Um, but keep it as cheap as possible for as long as possible. And then, uh, Because it's really easy to rack up expenses, really easy to hire assistants before you need it, really easy to uh, get stuff you don't need. That's a great verb. So yeah, all right, Courtney, this might be a level one Bruja inquiry. That's fine, but I'm going to put it out there anyways because it always comes up for me. I feel so much anxiety around decision making. I'm a waitress and a farmer. I constantly feel like I'm choosing jobs that correspond to what's in my heart and what's best for my wallet. Okay, awesome. So here's my thing for you. When making a decision, and this is what I use every single time I make a decision, there's like the million dollar, is, and it's a perfect question. Hi, little baby. I need to make sure that I'm not just like compulsively putting my boob in this baby's mouth because she gets very offended if I try and like shut her up with a boob. Um, I understand, little baby. So what, whatever brings you joy, joy is a sign that you're on the right path. And the million dollar ideas always come from a place of like joy and inspiration. But also anytime it's time to make a decision, whatever would make you happier is the right thing to do. And it's really important to tune deeply into this because a lot of times we'll sign ourselves up for things. Like for example, coaches do this with clients all the time. They have the opportunity to either launch a passive workshop or sign another client. And if they were to actually stop and think of like, do I want to take another client right now? The answer would be no, but they they want the money. And I totally get that. It's lovely to get a cash injection like that. But the thing is, is like you'll end up with clients that you can't stand or trying to get clients and just not getting any at all. When you're confused about if you actually want a client or if you just want the money. So that's an example, because if you just want the money, you can focus on the money and say, great, how? where is my five grand coming from? How can I, and you might start to see visions for all of these other things you could be doing besides signing a client. But a lot of times we'll try and like psych ourselves up and get ourselves happy for something that we're not really happy about. So always, 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 I've done this from my first, the first time I heard about this till now, big decisions, little decisions, and like ask, all the time, you know, use joy. You'll trust joy for big decisions when you've had a lot of experience with this, with small decisions. So like, how do I drink my coffee? What would make me more joyful? What do I wear today? What would make me more joyful? How do I spend my free time today? What would make me most joyful? And getting really just comfortable with joy guiding you. You can learn more about this in my workshop, Spirituality 101, second video, emotional guidance system. So... Great. I hope that that helps. Okay. Scrolling down. Let's see. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Courtney. I just saw the other half of your uh, question there. Well, I hope I answered it. Alexandra, you got to tell me how you remember all these infos, names, books, artists, quotes, basically all the stuff you say ever. So I'm amazed. What is your memory trick? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> well, I don't, I am. well, here's the thing. I only study what I'm interested in. And when I'm interested in something, it's committed to memory. So I cannot remember the names of anybody that hasn't done something interesting. I used to feel really bad about this. People be, oh, you don't remember my name? Oh, congratulations, you're wholly fucking forgettable. If you did something memorable, if you said something interesting, I'd remember your name. Especially if you're not, if you're hot, I'll remember your name too. No problem. Um, but I I study things when I'm interested in them because it's the thing that. The things that commit to memory were the things that really made an impression when I was taking them in. And so, good impression, bad impression, unforgettable impression. But also, you know, it's moving center and I'm channeling a lot of, I'm channeling all of this stuff here. So, you know, I pray to be supplied with the information I need and it always shows up. But also, I've heard myself described as like a Renaissance woman or a polymath. That definitely, if you haven't ever looked at polymath, I recommend it. Um, But I have. Just one of those minds. Okay, which Q and A did you talk about abortion on? I'm 35 and hope to have a kid or two, but I'm single and so picky with men, and had three abortions in my early 20s that I sometimes what if about now. Would love to hear your thoughts on abortions. Yes, um, we have we've talked about abortions so many times. The but the clip notes on it is soul enters the body at 120 days. If you must abort, make sure it's before 120 days. Otherwise, you're dealing with a soul with the killing of a soul. And that's a big deal. And you know, the convenience of abortions and the lack of information around them is basically telling people that they can play God. And I I would really not uh, advise you to try and play God in your life. It's it's a, a, a tricky thing. Also abortions are big traumas on the body and big traumas emotionally. So this like, what if that you're talking about, every time you got pregnant, you started writing stories about the kind of mom you could be. When these stories failed to happen, whether it was your choice or not, um they need to be grieved because it's sad. And so and there the ramifications of abortions on the emotional body are pretty huge. And there's a lot of work that you need to do after an abortion to make sure that you're not what ifing about it later on in your life and thinking that maybe you're not going to be able to have kids because you had abortions earlier on. That's not true. It's just a sign of like some unfinished business that needs to be done. So I would definitely do a loss history graph on the abortions and also, you know, or tell your story in, uh, in grief recovery or whatever, but get a little, you know, that it's really sad that that happened, even if it was like the best decision you've ever made. You know, that was a big trauma for your body. And I'm very against um, making abortions so convenient because as a bartender, I saw a lot of girls after the day of having an abortion coming in and like getting pretty drunk and pretending that they were empowered and happy and like seeing them break down. And I also had the interesting experience a couple times of seeing men have meltdowns, you know, seven years after their girlfriend got an abortion saying I would have had a daughter that was seven right now and it really fucks with you. And so I just feel like it's super important to be, to treat sex really respectfully. And we'll talk about sex magic in my vlog that's coming out right after this. And I really hope to see you guys all at the watch party. I'm so excited. Uh, but it's uh it, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And, and it needs to be grieved. In the Navajo tradition, the womb is considered a hogan or a home. And I don't know if you guys know this about uh, natives, but they, they, if someone dies in a home, they'll never go back there again. They'll leave everything like the whole, exactly the way that it is. And so if somebody dies in your womb, you have to do ceremony and stuff around that. It doesn't ruin you, but, but 120 days is the rule. And then when it comes to just like the deepest level of my personal beliefs, I wouldn't be able to get an abortion because I really trust the flow of life. So I absolutely don't wanna have more kids after, I like really, really don't. Um, I was on the pullout method all the way up until I met Patrick, so was he with his girlfriends? We can happily do that again. Come on my kids, we have a good time, whatever, party. Uh, but I'm also gonna be using the like temping method to make sure that I don't get pregnant again. But if I do, God's given me a kid, it's a great gift and I will, and I will uh, do that. So if you want to know more about conception, abortion, et cetera, etc, cetera, I recommend the video exactly how to birth unassisted or my blood. It's the same as my blessing wave ceremony, and uh, I'm wearing a red dress in it. All right uh selena says what is karma just cause and effect has the idea of karma also been hijacked probably what i mean is when people use the term karma is a bitch it's usually coming from like the universe is punishing you for something you did in the past but living in a friendly universe that would not be the case very good selena selena very good i love the way that you're thinking i love the way that you're putting this together this is magnetic center Congratulations, you've really worked hard on your spiritual game and as a result, you're being supplied with the exact right questions. I remember the moment that I had this question, you are on the path, good for you for doing all this hard work, good for you. Um, So karma is a bitch, the universe doesn't punish. The universe doesn't punish. The universe also doesn't test. And so believing in karma, it's totally fine to be obsessed with like, or not even obsessed. And I wouldn't even say totally fine. You don't have to worry about karma that much. Um... Karma is usually coming from like guilt and also judgment, trying, you know, when you say karma is a bitch, you're like hoping somebody's going to get punished the way that you feel they should be punished for doing this thing that you feel is wrong, but there is no right and wrong. Like everybody is doing what they feel is right. And in the symphony of the universe, you know, like I said, we need all players. We need school shooters and we need gurus and we need all of this because this is God's, this is God's way this is God's way and who am I to question the will of the gods? And when you say karma's a bitch, you're usually like becoming, you're, you're, you have this kink for punishment, you know, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see how the universe is going to whoop you. And then you're like watching, you know, like popcorn emoji, hoping that somebody's life is going to get shitty. And sometimes it does. And that's really, really bad because you think that it has something to do with you. And that's what the like, you know, the cheap witches will, will sell you this like control. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, all, uh, we, I had written a newsletter recently about this fucking, when I was doing promo for Rama TV, I, like, picked up spiritual lice from this shitty witch that just got, like, she, uh, she had said some stuff about like me about God not speaking to white girls, and I don't give a shit about that. But she did say that I looked really ugly, and I was four days postpartum, and wasn't sleeping at all, and it got to me. And I swear to God, her little Patrick got cactus needles, cactus needles that like weren't from around here because we've had experience with cactus needles. But there was seriously cactus needles in our in our kale salad, that had like three ingredients in it, and so it was definitely just like reeked of cheap witch. Um, and it really like, ah, oh, it really, I, I was susceptible to it because she got in through the little crack, which was my vanity, you know, and that as, as a soul or as a three, that's something that I really, uh, need to work with is my, is my vanity. But anyways, it was, uh, it just, it pissed me off. Cause I'm like, oh, I hate these shitty little spells. Cactus had patrick had five cactus needles in the back of his throat i was pulling cactus needles out with a little uh, pair of tweezers and then we cedared the place and did a quick ceremony we never have to deal with that crap again but um those like control you know somebody saying oh i will see you suffer because how dare you uh since she said you must be mentally ill to think that god would speak to white that yamaya would speak to a white person and uh I was like, oh, so, you know, and I was, like, kind of fucking with her, so whatever. I was like, I'm laughing at this shit that you're sending me. Like, I'm not scared of your fucking hokey off-brand witch shit. But honestly, like, I was a little bit annoyed by it. You okay, baby? I was a little bit um annoyed by it. So, but ultimately, there's not, like, good witches or bad witches. There's just the golden rule. And higher-level witches realize that, like, any spell you cast on somebody else. You're also susceptible to. So if you cast no spells, nobody else's spells can work against you. It's like, to have all of the power. It's like the, the transition from level one witchcraft to level two witchcraft is to have all of those powers and to say like, no thank you. There's actually a really beautiful yoga pose for you yogis out there. Bar- uh, Bharavadrasana. it's the one where you're in a, in a seated twist with your ankles to one side and you're twisting to the one side and it would make sense that your head would also be turning in that direction. It's a really beautiful pose. So if I could try and do it with the baby here, your ankles would be up here your hand is on your knee like this, your body's all twisting into this direction, but instead of looking this way like you would think your body was going to do, you look over your shoulder like that and that's the fullest expression of the twist. It's a lot more gentle. And uh, Vajrasana, or Bhairava, I, I think Bhairava was the guy's name, Bhairava, um, he was given the gift of like all the magic. So was Solomon, you know, there, there's the song of Solomon in the Bible, but also the key of Solomon. Solomon practiced all kinds of witchcraft with many of his wives. He like fell from grace with God and then came back to it and wrote this like love story to God. You have to get all of the powers, all of the spells, and then choose not to use them. Bhairava got all of the enlightenment and then he looked away from it. That's why in Bhairava, drasana we turn our head and we look away. You cast no spells. You You have all of this power and you choose not to do it because any spell that you cast would be saying that you can do a better job than God that you can do a better job than God. And it is very dangerous to think that way. Every time you're trying to change something, every time you're saying karma is a bitch, she should be punished, he should be punished, I should be punished. You're just keeping yourself small. You're attacking yourself, but you're also saying, God, you've clearly, you see everything, you know everything, yet you've missed a spot right here. You forgot about these people right there. Don't worry. I'm going to use magic to come in and make it how I think it should be. And then you create, and then you start to believe that you're in control, that you're supposed to be judging who's right and who's wrong. That is fucking dangerous games to play. And yeah, you might be able to like throw a little spray of cactus needles in someone else's lives. But like I, and I told her. I said, if I'm so mentally ill, because I knew she was judging me, if I'm so mentally ill to say that Yemaya is my mother, if I'm so bad, if I'm a colonizing, racist, white, dumb bitch that you're, you know, and and you're putting evil eyes on my daughter, she was saying, I'm putting evil eyes on your daughter right now. That's crazy. You're putting fucking spells on a newborn baby as if that could even work, as if you could even touch us. But when you cast all kinds of low-grade spells like that, you're also getting low-grade spells like that. You're just living in a very, very small world. But I knew she, and I was like, if I'm so bad, then why does Yamaya bless me so much? Look at my life. Look at my life. Why do the gods bless me so much? Because when somebody is judging you, they're hoping to see karma as a bitch, hoping to see karma as a bitch. And when you just keep getting blessed and blessed, it drives them fucking crazy. And I knew that. That's why I was fucking with her. I was like, then why do the gods love me so much? Why do the gods love me so much? And I did cast a little spell on her. I was fucking with her. I was like, you want me to have Oshun call you? You want me to have her call you? And she was like, how dare you say that to you? I was just fucking with her. Um, and uh, and that's what Instagram and we do. We fucking fuck with each other. And that's why we don't fuck with each other anymore. But believing that karma is a bitch puts you in the role of the judge. As long as you're in the, ju- in the role of the judge, the victim, of the rescuer, and the judge, you can watch the Law of the Triangle on the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, amazing geometry of compassion. Um, but if you're, if you're acting like the judge, you are very far from enlightenment. And every time you're totally convinced that you're right, rest assured that you are fast asleep, unconscious, robot, unhelpable. When you are totally convinced that you're right, You are wrong, 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 wrong. And when you're judging somebody else, you're punishing them for not living up to agreements they never made with you. Like, look, there was so many judgments that I wanted to make about Guru Jagat, about the Rama people. I was like, fuck these, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was feeling like pretty resentful. She doesn't owe me anything. And also like, it's all assumptions. I don't know what happened. I told you guys everything that I know about the situation. I don't know what happened, but just because, you know, there was so much story I could make about it. Oh, they think I'm stupid or this or that, or it's because I like blew the way. Like, these are all assumptions I don't fucking know. And I don't have to sit here and get to the bottom of it. I can just walk away from it if I'm willing to be free of judgment. But you like all, so judgment is a spell. So every spell, you know, you get what you give. It's the golden rule. So if you're giving out judgment, you're going to be super insecure that people are judging you. And most people are just completely stunted by by the fear of of what other people will say if if they were to really show up in the world. All right. So let's go and do another question. Yeah, Selena, excellent question. I'm loving the up level and the truth is I've been reading a lot in it. Thank you all for sharing your vulnerability and giving the gift to learning from it. I have read the term upper lever problem solution a lot and I cannot completely comprehend what it is yet. I have a feeling but not really able to put it into words, anyone feeling the same. So the truth is, worry ends when you tell the truth. So hashtag the truth is on our Slack is like, um, I'll give you an example. My worry and anxiety says, okay, well because Rama didn't um, give me this opportunity, I'm never gonna have opportunities like this again or they're bad people, or I'm better. There's like this whole world of story that I could write about it. The truth is my video didn't make the cut. The truth is just because my video didn't make the cut doesn't mean I'm not talented. The truth is doesn't just because my video doesn't make the cut doesn't mean these people are bad people. That's the truth. So when you tell the truth, all of the worry goes away because worry is just suggestions. What if, what if, what if, what if? But if you tell the truth, it's like, yeah, and none of that shit is happening. And in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, we do a lot of work around getting ourselves in that state where we're seeing truthfully. Is there a problem that's not in your head? Is there ever a problem that's not in your head? Look around you, bitch. Every day, 260,000 people die. This morning you woke up and everyone you knew was still alive. Everyone you knew and the people that they knew was still alive, all is well in your world, dog. Chill the fuck out, shit is good. That's the truth. Everything else is worry. Hello, little sweet baby. Hang on, I just have to go wait, wait, wait a minute. Hello my little sweet baby A little winter baby. A little winter baby that loves her winter outfit. Hey, I'm watching Breaking Broken. You instruct to go watch a couple of videos I don't see them. Any recommendations for how to fight anxiety around looking at accounts? Yes, just fucking face it. Just fucking face it you, I know exactly how much money is in my accounts at all times. I know exactly how much debt I have. And we, the whole debt story is beautiful. I love my debt story. I genuinely do. It's a million dollar story, billion dollar story. And all of that is going into my book, Eternity Leave. If you haven't bought my book, leave this book in your bathroom yet. Please do. It's very good. It's one page a day. So you only have to read one page a day. Um, but you have to just face it. I remember I used to be so scared about looking and counting and seeing how much debt I had. And if you want to know my debt story, that's in the Breaking Broke Q&A videos in your, your Bruja Report archives. The Yeah, the business Q&A videos in your Bruja Report archives. Um, and breaking, it's Breaking Broke season right now. I'm serious. I'm thinking about doing some little calls. Well, we have calls every month now. Um, the Witches That Get Money, Nay, Women's Wealth Mastermind. Um, we talk about money there every single month. It's such an important conversation. Go, especially if you feel like it's not your thing because money speaking the language of money is so important. It's a conversation and it's a dialect and, and you got to speak it perfectly and your actions have to line up Perfectly, and, and how you do that is just by staying on your game all the time. But you have to fa- like who has the power in this relationship? I want to see everyone on the Q and A chat right now. Tell me, if you are afraid to check your bank account balance, what has the power, you or the money? And if money has the power over you, then you're then that's why you don't have any money. You have to have the power over money and that starts with having a very clear relationship with money knowing exactly what's going on knowing exactly what's going on with your money and not being worried about it like you're and you know what it's funny because I saw it was I think it's for like the Bank of New Mexico or some little bank here but they had their like stock photo of a woman checking her bank account like this with a face that that looked like delighted now my face was de- who here checks their bank account like and it was that was something that I had to manifest because I was always checking my bank account, like, what's it gonna say? What bad news? I associated so much bad news with the checking of my bank account. I did so much work. My wealth is constantly increasing. Saying plenty more where that came from every time we send money out. I say plenty more where that came from when I when I spend a dollar fifty and when I send a forty grand check to the escrow company, like. Yeah, you have to have, so right now the finances have the ability to change your emotional state, and the reverse of that is my emotions have the ability to change my financial state. So it's some other, and if you think about it, it's like, and what is it that has this power over you, right? Like you can check your bank account and start feeling so fucking bad. Like world 96 going into straight up panic, like freaking out. It has so much, you're possessed. It sends you to world 96. You have the same, you're under 96 laws. It's terrible. You have the, it's living like a mineral, that's the only thing that, and you go there all the time. Money sends you there, and you're trying to say, oh, I can manifest money and tell it what to do. Like, and this is all represented by anxiety around checking your bank account. So I would manifest, I wanted like this feeling of checking your bank account, that every time you check your bank account, there's like a pleasant surprise waiting for you. This is not like, Breaking Broke doesn't stop working because there's coronavirus, all right? Like, this shit works all the time, but you have to be on it all the time, all the time. Um, so you can, like, you can do this, but you need to understand that your emotions have the ability to change your financial state. So do not go and check your bank account until you're in a good state. Who here has ever had an eating disorder, It's like, oh, these fucking random numbers completely define my life. 127, 125, 105, 107. And I can have a great day or a bad day depending on what the numbers on the scale say. It's like the same thing in your fucking bank account. These numbers, these numbers that nobody knows about except for you. Nobody knows about the debt that you have except for you. The bank doesn't even know about it. I used to think there was like that my dad was sitting in the Bank of America offices watching every purchase I made saying, oh my God, that's reckless spending. Oh my God, I can't, you've really gotten yourself into trouble now, young lady. Like there was when I realized that nobody knew about my debt except for me, I'm like, I can choose how I feel about this. My emotions have the ability to change my financial state. There were two times in 2020 where I sent 40000 That's how much debt that I have. That's how much debt that I have with my student loan included. $42,376 and it's stalled there and, and I actually only have to pay, you know, I won't go into this because it's just so many numbers and so much explanation but it's all in the Breaking Broke Q&A when we did, uh, I think it was from 2019. Great, great, great stuff. The business Q&As and they're in the Q&A archives. Very, very good. Um, super recommend binging all of those this January for sure. So good. Anyways. Um, that, but that's like the exact number. And I could, I only have to pay if I even wanted to, I don't have to pay any of it. Um, but I could negotiate that down by 50% anytime, any place. So that just by raising one little finger, I could do that. But I I I made so I made four seventy thousand dollars last year, four seventy thousand dollars and like 800 in the 800 somewhere. So almost 471. I'm so proud of that. but do you know like I could pay off my debt anytime I wanted to because my finances stopped controlling my emotions and my emotions started controlling my finances and it was all these little decisions. First one was facing the debt head on and then being ter- determined to not be scared when my phone rang thinking it was a debt collector, to not be afraid when I went to the mailbox thinking there was going to be some fucking letter in there, to not be afraid when I checked my bank account and it's been I, you know, four, three or four steady years of this. Breaking Broke came out in 2017. So it's been, yeah, three going on, four this year, steady years of this. And I'm telling you that shit works. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it. All right. Um, Let's see. I just went through cracking codependency and I have to be honest, I'm really confused. Yeah, Then you're going to get mad. Um, It feels like the answer is I'm supposed to give... Okay. It feels like the answer I'm supposed to give for responding to things that bother me is that I'm supposed to go run and hide. But, I'm already do, but I already do this and I'm really tired of it. How am I supposed to set a boundary when the response is to just allow them to be themselves? That doesn't make sense to me. You do sound very confused. Okay, so here, and that's a sign, I'm sorry, but that's a red flag for, for codependency right there. And I understand how I know that that's a red flag is because I used to say the same thing. So congratulations, you are also asking the right questions. And this lesson is probably going to be quite painful for you to learn. So I just want you to know that in advance. But I promise you, like, on the other side of it is a lot of time for you to focus on yourself. So, something that I like to do with codependency is like, on a scale of one to 10, like, what kind of potency does selfish have for you? 10 would be like, oh my God, I, you could never call me selfish. I'm like the most unselfish person. I'm so identified with being unselfish. And a, and a one would be like, you know, selfish, like, what it means nothing. It's basically a compliment. Um, and so what kind of potency does that word have for you? Because selfish is an absolute compliment in my book. And when you pride yourself on being unselfish because you so regularly put other people in front of you. Moving center. Um, ah, who, who is on school? Yes, thank you. Uh, we're, we're doing commands. We have our minds trained like dogs on the School of Unified Spiritual Laws. And we're working with commands a lot this week and it's really going well for me. And I can't wait to see you guys on Thursday and see how it's going for you. I'm so excited. So, uh, but yeah, how does, how does that ring for you? Because people that are codependent are usually terrified of being called selfish because they so regularly put other people... And their problems and their needs in front of themselves. And and you do this because you need people to need you. You think that the only people that love you are the people that need you. Like the people that would die. Like it's so impossible for somebody to just love you and just want to be around you that you have to like help them. Like I Patrick doesn't need my help. I don't need a change. And yes, the answer is why are you so fucking obsessed with other people changing their behavior? Like, why do you think that other people have to change and not you? Did you know that people don't change? How do you set a boundary knowing that somebody doesn't change? Hi, you're always an asshole to me and I'm not gonna try and change you because that just stresses you out. And Every time I let you in, you're just an asshole to me all over again. So I can accept that you're an asshole. I don't need to change that. I don't need to invite you back into my life so I can slowly work at you and help you get over your issues and maybe you'll be a little bit more like me and a little bit more compassionate and stuff when I'm done to you. When I'm done streamlining and rehabbing you and telling you all the ways that you can change to suit my preferences, what if I just focused on myself? And people say, no, you can't do that. That's so selfish, they need your help. No, that's codependency talking. It is an error in your sex chakra. It's an error message. So how do you set a boundary when the response is to just be themselves? You can go be an asshole over there. And that's totally fine. Every time I think about my brother, who's the fucking biggest asshole that I've ever met? And he's also a beautiful person, you know? Like, he's a really, really beautiful person. There's a lot of great things about him he's in a lot of pain, and I understand that. The thing is, is that even though he's in a lot of pain, and I understand that, I'm not here to be his fucking rehab nurse. I'm not here to be his therapist. He doesn't want that. Truth is, we haven't, the truth is, we haven't spoken in a really long time. And the reason why is, every time I invite him back into my life, things start going to shit. And he starts treating me like an asshole because he's always been an asshole for as long as I've known him. So why do I keep inviting him around? Hey, you wanna come be an asshole? for me over here? Why, you're a great dad over here. You're great, couldn't you just stay being a great dad? Every time you're around me, you have to be an asshole. There's obviously some kind of connection here, some kind of story, whatever. All kinds of spiritual reasons, there's shit that I can work on, but you can stay over there. If, if I leave you over there, where you can be an asshole all day long, it just doesn't have to touch me, then you don't have to change. You don't have to change, you can be yourself around me. People know it when you're fucking watching them trying to, you know, oh, you're an asshole, prove it to me. Like, you make people show up like that, and you don't have to. The thing is, is that you don't have to work this out with somebody all the time. Like you don't have to have them in your space taking care of them to like confront your issues. You can be like, cool. From now on I'm sending you love. I'm working on it. You're on my need to forgive list. I'm doing, you know, grief recovery around you. I'm praying for, you know, the universe to help me forgive you so that I don't have to do inner work on you too much. Cause I don't have a lot of time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's always something that you can do, but there's absolutely nothing that you can do for these people. Like, and love is not asking somebody to change. If you wanna change someone even a tiny bit, you're not loving them. You're saying, oh, I would love you if, if you could do this little thing, if. When you say, I love you even though, you're saying, oh, you're damaged goods, but look at like benevolent me who like takes pity on you and loves you even though anyone would be crazy to love you. That is not loving somebody. That's fucking psycho shit, you know? That's psycho shit. And every time you think that you have, you have the time to worry about somebody else's problems, that's inner work you're not doing. And you need to be doing inner work 100% of the time all day long and working really hard to try and, you know, remind yourself to do your inner work because it's super easy to get lazy about it. I don't have fucking time to worry about other people's shit. And, you know, just little side note in there for you. If your husband's got money blocks, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about your husband's money blocks. Stop trying. Wait for people that you don't want to change. All the people in my life right now, I don't want to change. All the people I did want to change, they're not in my inner circle anymore. They're over there where they can be themselves and however they are won't bother me. Um, Okay, let's see. Let's do speed speed questions because uh, I really want to answer all of these, but I have seven minutes. Okay, so let's just do Let's just do this as fast as possible. Not sure where to put this. Planning on starting wheels next week. What's the best interval to do the lessons? have heard some of you talk about partner work. How is that organized? Very excited to start. Thanks so much. Okay, do Wheels Reinvented. Just go into the Wheels Reinvented Slack when you're there, say hi and what's up. And whenever you're ready to do a partner, watch, start with the first video. Don't do anything unless you're doing your workbook. Um, in which case you can definitely start that, there's pre-work. Watch the video and all of the homework, talking about the homework, revisiting the homework, that's in the beginning of the, of the next video. So you'll get your homework at the end of the first video and then we'll recap about it and then you can do it on your own time. There's people at all different stages of the program and a lot of people just like you know getting the practice. So there's a lot of people in there that you can practice with, it doesn't matter what stage you're at. So just start watching the videos. All right. Lately, I'm feeling so flustered and conflicted about investing and securing future finances. Any of, okay. Sorry. I can't answer this question right now because it's in words I don't understand. Oh, wait, maybe I can because that's it for the questions. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to be smart with money in a way that resonates in my heart. I trust the universe will provide. She always has, but I don't want to be ignorant when it's my turn to make a move in my favor. Pray every day and do what you're told. Pray every day for 40 days and do exactly what you're told. That's the only thing that you have to do. Every single morning, close your eyes. Please show me what I should do in my business today. Thank you so much. Pray it with your whole heart. I want you to imagine like you're a battery filling up. I want you to imagine your personality, your skin, your body as just being that little gray outline of the battery. And you are filling your mind up with source consciousness, like the green battery filling up icon. You guys can all imagine this. You can like cognize with this. When you pray, pray with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind. doesn't matter if it's just for one second and you can learn how to do this in School of Unified Spiritual Laws. And just ask knowing that the answer will reveal itself. If you remember to ask, it probably won't come right away, but it will reveal itself as long as you remember to ask. That's all you have to do is ask. It'll always come no matter what. No matter what, it'll be the best advice, the most tailor-made for you. And trust that the answer will show up um, usually when you're having fun, when you're relaxed, or you're inspired. So just write down like fun, relaxation, and inspiration. And if you're starting to feel a little panicky, like, yo, the answer hasn't come yet, then just look at that, post it, and you'll be like, okay, what can I do that's relaxing? What can I do that's fun? What can I do that's inspiring? And just go and do that because that's the best, you know, that's like the, the receiving zone. And honor your creative process. Honestly, it's taken me like years to acknowledge that weed is a part of my creative process and the thing is is like when I smoke weed or when I eat weed and it's in full effect right now with one minute to the premiere of this video I'm so I've got to get out of here uh but my like body disappears when I smoke weed and I never know what I'm saying so it has to just be the truth like it's just channeled but if I start thinking like if my eyes are looking down like what are these words coming out of my mouth and I thought I start to think that it's like me speaking the hole in the floor fucking closes up the channels over it's not me this isn't me. And weed helps to like delete me. So uh, not a lot of people can handle that. I can. I want to thank you all for being here. Let's go watch the, let's go watch my blog right this second. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Bye you guys.